2: Little Atoms on Resonance 104.4 FM with Padre Greedy and me, Neil Denny. Little Atoms is a show about science, rationalism, atheism and the progressive left. Each show features a guest from the worlds of science, journalism, politics, academia or the arts, discussing subjects as diverse as conspiracy theories, cosmology, religion, human rights, philosophy and the state of the left. Our guest today is the journalist Paul Anderson. So without further ado, I'll hand over to Paul Drake to introduce Paul.
0: Thank you. Paul Anderson is a journalist and writer. He started out as a journalist in the early 80s on the magazine Europe- of the European Nuclear Disarmament Group, END Journal. He then joined the Labour Left Weekly Tribune as Reviews Editor. He went on to the Tribune in the early 90s before moving to New Statesman as Deputy Editor. He left the Statesman when it was taken over by Geoffrey Robertson, co-wrote a book on the Labour Party with St. Naomi Mayon, Safety First, The Making of New Labour, then turned his hand to teaching journalism at City University, where he still works. He writes a regular column for Tribune, blogs at Gauche, and has just finished editing a collection of George Orwell's columns for Tribune, which comes out next month as Orwell and Tribune, published by Politicos. Hello, Paul.
1: Hello. Well,
0: I suppose The first thing to start off with is, um, for the uninitiated, so to speak, um, what is Tribune and what was Orwell doing at Tribune?
1: Well, Tribune is uh, a left-wing weekly newspaper, um, which was founded in 1937 by Stafford Cripps and uh, various others. Um, And, well, it's still very much alive. It's published uh, every Friday. Um, But uh, uh, during World War II, it was edited by Naren Bevan. Uh, Later to become uh, minister in the 1945 to 51 Labor government, uh, in which role, of course, he was the founder of the National Health Service. uh, Subsequently, was the leader of the Labor left during the 1950s. Um, Anyway, um, Orwell uh, was a contributor to Tribune from 1940. Um, and well a very occasional contributor really from 1940 to 1943 uh, but was then appointed literary editor um, a a job that he did from 1943 to 45 and uh, in that role he uh, started a column As I Please which he wrote every week um, then left Tribune to uh, uh, to join the Observer as a war reporter uh, returned to Tribune as a regular columnist uh, in uh, late 1945, um, although the columns that he wrote in 45-46 were not under the As I Please rubric. Um, left again uh, to go up to uh, Dura, Scottish Ireland, where he was uh, well, basically starting to write 1984. Came back to Tribune uh, uh, and uh, took up As I Please again, late 1946, which he did until um, really ni- uh, early 1947, when again he left, went up to Dura and finished off. Of uh, 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 1984, um, so he was uh, well. He was the he was the main bylined um, uh, columnist in in Tribune for most of the period 1943
2: to 47. Mm-hmm. So you've you've got a book coming out of George Orwell's collected columns. Is there a reason why you thought this was um, sort of a good time to release that?
1: Well, we've been talking about doing it for ages and, um, well, if I'd had time, I would have done it 10 years ago, but uh, I didn't. Um, the uh, occasion um, uh, well, the occasion that we're exploiting mercilessly, uh, or shamelessly rather, um, um, is the uh, 70th birthday of uh, Tribune, which comes up in January 1937. There isn't really an Orwell anniversary. If we'd wanted an Orwell anniversary, we should have done it to, um, for 2003, which is the centenary of his birth. Unfortunately, well, this is as good an excuse as, uh, as any. <laughs>
2: But do you think there's, um, the, the particular political climate is 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 a good time to be releasing a book about Orwell? Well,
1: it's I, I think that uh, uh, Orwell's uh, 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 columns are they're, they're a model of the of the columnist craft uh, um, uh, for starters. So there's there's always a good reason to uh, sure. uh, uh, be putting them together on on those grounds. Um, obviously, quite a lot that he was writing about was very much time specific. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the politics of the of the of the mid to late uh, 1940s, um, you know, and anything that's written 60 or so years ago, journalism written 60 or so years ago uh, about events and books, many of which are you know long forgotten. Um, a lot of that is not going to be of massive contemporary relevance. Although I still think that it's worth worth reading because I think history matters Um, but it's amazing how well um, quite a lot of his journalism stands the, the the test of time it's not simply that his style is a model of clarity and and so forth and no sense archaic it's also that a lot of the themes that are covered by Orwell are still as, as relevant as, uh, as uh, ever, I mean the slipperiness of political language, racism um, the uh, well the, 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 uh, the uh, threat of the atom bomb etc etc, all of these things are still very much um, uh, live uh, issues on top of that there are there are certain timeless topics that orwell covered in the uh, in the uh, tribune columns which are in, 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 in no obvious sense political um, in a sense they they they're all about uh, the limits to politics and and that discussion is still one that i think is is is, is important and relevant and uh, and what orwell had to say about um, the Impossibility of politicising Christmas, for example, um, or the delights of springtime, yeah, um, both of which you know, he wrote about on more than one occasion. Um, they, they they still strike a chord. Uh,
0: on the point, I mean, um, I've just I've been reading back a lot of Orwell lately, and you do find, particularly in 1984, you find him protesting against. The way that the party attempts to politicise absolutely every single aspect of people's lives, and obviously there's something that affected um, Orwell and, and that Orwell was very strongly against. But do you think it was something that um, that Tribune broadly was against? I mean, the people setting up Tribune were they they weren't entirely of a Marxist strand, were they? There was a, what's what, what's what interesting about
1: Tribune is that it went through it went through several. Changes of line, really, in its in its early years. It was it was started initially as an attempt to secure a united front of uh, uh, the Labour Party, the Communist Party, and the uh, Independent Labour Party, the the, the, the main um, left wing uh, left wing parties in uh, in uh, Britain at the time. Um, and at that time, although I wouldn't describe it as being Marxist. It was extraordinarily uncritical of uh, the Soviet Union. Uh, it uh, uh, ran a political line that was very, very close to the communist parties, and so forth. Do you think and that was through naivety or through purpose? Um, it was. It was. Uh, um, it was. It was quite deliberate. It was uh, the, the reason for it was that uh, the communist party was an important part of the uh, of the coalition. And uh, essentially, um, um, the agreed, well, an explicit agreement was made um, that uh, um, no criticism would be allowed. Um, 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 eventually, that fell to pieces because the Independent Labour Party um, um, basically f- fell out with the uh, communists over uh, Spain. Um, so, by 1937, um, the, uh, the, the, the position of Tribune is basically that it's, it's very much caught in the middle of this gigantic row on the left. What's bizarre about uh, sorry, 1938? Um, it's caught in the middle of a gigantic row on the left, um, and uh, well, I mean, the uh, the uh, 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 w- what happens bizarrely is that it actually becomes more pro-communist, you know, uh, in the uh, very late 1930s. It's only 1940. After the uh, well, the Hitler-Stalin Pact um, and the uh, well, the, the Nazi invasion of uh, of Western Europe, that uh, essentially Bevan and various others seized control of the paper and uh, put it into a position that would roughly be described as, as pro-war. Mm-hmm. Um, democratic, socialist, pro war, uh, and broke definitively with the, with the Communist Party, which at this time was arguing for uh, a defeatist position. It- Considered that the the, 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 the uh, Second World War between 1939 and 1941, uh, when uh, the uh, hitler stalin Pact was uh, was in, in uh, operation, it considered the war to be an imperialist war. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, well, Bevan and Tribune broke with that in 1940, and it's at that point um, when uh, a journalist called Raymond Postgate became editor, um, subsequently rather better uh, known as the as the uh, editor of the Good Food Guide. Um, but um, anyway he became editor in one thousand nine hundred and forty uh, the political line was was changed into uh, uh, one very critical of the of the communist party increasingly critical of the soviet union um, although again there are qualifications need to be made about that because from one thousand nine hundred and forty one soviet union is an ally um, Orwell was very much at the uh, when he was on the staff very much at the the, 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 the most extremely critical kind of end of the Tribune spectrum I mean there were still people that uh, wanted to hold back on criticism particularly while the uh, Russians were uh, uh, you know in the forefront of the the anti-Nazi war Um, but um, I'd say that he's he's i I'd, I'd say that he's 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 he, he's he as much as anybody defines the tribune line i mean it's a it's a very very small uh, uh, newspaper we're talking um, we're talking well it depends on which one you're looking at but we're talking twelve to twenty four um um uh, pages um, and um, he's you know, he's the he's the big name that's in every single every single one. So although he's not writing the editorials, they're written by they're written by Bevan or by uh, um, uh, one of the other journalists on the uh, on the paper. Um, um, Orwell it, it defines to a very large extent the position that the the, the paper takes. And after the Second World War. Um, you find the uh, the uh, uh, democratic left um, in the Labour Party, its position diverges from from that of the Communist Party even more. So in the late 40s, and this is really after after Orwell um, leaves the uh, leaves the paper. Um, uh, Tribune is is at the forefront, really, of uh, support for uh, formation of uh, of NATO, um, Mm -hmm. and uh, um, is pretty hardline cold warrior um, in its uh, in its politics. So that's a long answer to the question. Sorry about that, but it it it, it is complicated. It uh, the the, um, shifts. Of political position um, that uh, uh, the left end up t- ends up taking in this in this period absolutely extraordinary and uh, um, um, it, it, it uh, well I, I find it fascinating but it's uh, well it's a, it is a bit like. You know, what's happened in recent times um, over um, um, the uh, war on terror, the uh, uh, invasion of Afghanistan, invasion of uh, Iraq, where again you're looking at uh, at serious turmoil uh, with uh, uh, friends falling out and, uh, and what have you.
2: Well, I was going to ask you to, to to bring Tribune up to the sort of the
1: history of Tribune up, up to today,
2: basically, because the the, the line it's certainly anti-war isn't it it's, it's line at the moment I would say well
1: yes it, 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 it has been um, um, and well I think that's, that in a sense is, is uh, entirely consistent mm-hmm. um, I mean the if you go back to the um, uh, go back to the 40s um, the, uh, the the hardline Cold Warrior uh, Tribune lasts only um, until the Korean War, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and from, from 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 Korea onwards, um, um, a Tribune which is at this point uh, um, um, very much um, still uh, uh, yeah, Bevanite um, um, in uh, in in its uh, yeah, in its affiliation. Um, it's uh, it's uh, well it's against uh, it's against uh, a British participation in the uh, Korean War. It then opposes German rearmament in the early 1950s. Um, it's very much against the Suez Adventure in 1956. Um, plays a major role um, um, as a supporter of the campaign for nuclear disarmament in the uh, late 50s and early 60s. I think mean, it used to be uh, known as the the the, the 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 official newspaper of CND. Mm-hmm. Um, to, well, to critics who thought that it was mm-hmm. it was it was far too far too uh, soft on the uh, on the CND leadership. Then, against the Vietnam War, took a similar role in the 1980s peace movement, very much in favour of unilateral nuclear disarmament, and uh, uh, it was a supporter of the European nuclear disarmament uh, 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 campaign, which I uh, um, was involved with in the early early 80s. Taking Taking a non aligned, it was for a it was critical of uh, Soviet nuclear arms, as well as uh, NATO nuclear arms, um, taking non-aligned position. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's been, it has, it has been consistently nuclear pacifist. It's been consistently uh, against what it sees as imperial adventures by, um, uh, by Western powers. Um, and its uh, its position on uh, well on the war, on the, uh, the the war against terror, um, the uh, the um, um, well uh, Afghanistan Iraq um, um, has been has been very much a, um, you know, supportive of a stop the war kind of position. Mm-hmm. Although it has also run uh, very critical material on the organisation that uh, well leads the anti-war movement sure. to stop the war coalition so mm. that's roughly where it is <coughs>
0: yeah. and going back to um, Orwell specifically and his, um, his to put it mildly suspicion of the Soviet Union oh, could that be traced back I mean are we looking at his experience in the Spanish Civil War is forming that idea or are we looking even before that
1: well, I think Spain is the is, is absolutely critical there. Um before the Spanish Civil War, although um you see in Rhodes Wigan Pier, for example, um, Orwell is is Well, he's rude about uh, uh, the Communist Party and uh, sceptical about the idea of taking your ideas about foreign policy from Moscow and so forth. It's only really the direct experience of, uh, well, essentially uh, the uh, Stalinist uh, uh, suppression Mm -hmm. um, of the well revolutionary left in Uh, Catalonia. Maybe it's worth explaining that and explaining Orwell's role in the Spanish War. Indeed. Okay. Well. This is a complicated one, but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, to uh, to start at the very beginning, the Spanish Civil War um, 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 breaks out as a result of uh, a nationalist coup um, led by um, General Franco, um, which is initially unsuccessful uh, in most of uh, uh, in most of Spain. Uh, And the response to it essentially is that uh, the the, uh, uh, left parties and the uh, uh, left uh, trade unions, um, the biggest of which, um, in Catalonia anyway, is uh, anarchist, uh, the CNT, um, they essentially arm the workers and the armed workers essentially uh, uh, suppress um, the coup. Um, there then follows uh, an invasion of uh, mainland Spain from Morocco uh, by the uh, uh, by the nationalist forces led by led by Franco, um, which is resisted and uh, essentially this becomes a cause celeb for the entire left throughout uh, uh, um, um, Europe. Um, and in late 1936, um, essentially there's a there's uh, the the, the uh, uh, Soviet Union and the Communist Party uh, decide to start recruiting volunteers for an international brigade. Um, Orwell independently uh, decides to go over to uh, uh, to go over to Spain, um, but rather than uh, signing up with the international brigade, uh, he joins the militia of uh, a small uh, far left uh, uh, group, uh, the PUM. Um, that uh, is, well, it's denounced as Trotskyist, but it isn't actually, um, essentially, uh, a Trotskyist. Um, and, uh, um, well, um, they're the sister party, of the Independent Labour Party in uh, in mm-hmm. the UK. So he joins he, he joins the ILP contingent in uh, in Spain and is, uh, well, sent to sent to the front and uh, um, um, and so forth. Anyway. Um, to cut a long story short, and I've already gone on rather too long about it, but <laughs> <clears throat> the, uh, 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 the, uh, the 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 uh, um, situation essentially is that in 1936 as a result essentially of the of the of the of, of the armed uprising of the of the of the workers there's a social revolution in uh, catalonia and a number of other parts of spain uh, where um, power is essentially held by well the working class organized into its uh, trade unions and uh, that social revolution is supported by the anarchists and by the by the POM, so we're looking at um, um, things like uh, well, uh, socialisation of uh, industry and of agriculture and so forth. Now the communist position um, is uh, at this point that the the revolution is a diversion from the military struggle against the nationalist uprising, um, and that essentially all of this should be put on the back burner. Um, And uh, essentially, uh, property should be restored to uh, its rightful owners and all the rest of it. The idea behind this being essentially a popular front of uh, of, uh, the working class and of uh, the Republican uh, bourgeoisie, if you like. Um, I'm sorry, this is all terrible jargon, but uh, I can't <laughs> get away right. from it. Um, anyway, the, uh, the, the, this creates a, a, a gigantic crisis, to simplify ridiculously. In May um, um, 19, 1937, uh, the, um, the, the government led by the communists decides to essentially to suppress the uh, um, um, radical anarchists and the poom uh, in Barcelona, um, there's uh, then uh, well the, uh, the, uh, uh, the 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 Pum and the anarchists put up uh, barricades, and Orwell finds himself almost by accident fighting on the side of uh, the Pum um, against this uh, uh, attempted uh, well, it's an attempted coup really. Mm. Uh, now that doesn't actually succeed at first. There's uh, there's uh, the, the whole thing um, is uh, is. Uh, um, uh, it's a it, 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 uh, uh, there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a compromise reached and whatever but a couple of months later um, the uh, 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 the uh, um, Stalinist secret police and essentially here we're looking at uh, it being it's led by the, the Soviet secret police they have uh, uh, they, they, they control uh, the secret police in uh, in uh, Spain bizarre as it might sound um, essentially go about uh, um, arresting and uh, well uh, uh, killing um, the, uh, uh, the the leaders of the revolutionary left. And uh, Orwell escapes from Spain um, with his name and his wife, Eileen's name, on a wanted list as uh, a confirmed Trotskyists. Um, and, uh, well, what would have happened to them if they'd been caught? We don't know. But anyway, that experience and particularly, well, that direct experience. And then afterwards, and this was particularly important, Orwell's experience of... Um, the failure of the left in Britain to tell the truth about what had happened um, in uh, uh, in uh, Spain, the suppression of the Puma and uh, whatever. Famous, most famously, the editor of uh, the New Statesman, Kingsley Martin, refused to uh, run Orwell's reports on mm-hmm. uh, the May events uh, and their aftermath. Um, but uh, Orwell's disgust at, at, at this uh, um, willingness to to lie or essentially to cover up the truth, um, lay behind, well, that, that led him to um, um, a, a, a distrust, which is to put it very markedly, of uh, of, uh, of Soviet communism, Stalinism, um, that was to last to the end of his days. Um, and, of course, you know, that informs Animal Farm <laughs> in
0: 1984. Now, getting back to the... Um... Again, going back to the poem which you say, I mean, wasn't essentially Trotskyist, but probably had Trotskyist elements. And again, looking at the character of Manuel Goldstein in, in 1984, do you think the Orwell may have had certain sympathies towards Trotskyism, or was he driven to that position by his rejection of Stalinism?
1: I think he's. I, this is this is an this is an interesting question. Um... There's no doubt that he took uh, 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 um, Trotskyist ideas about the nature of the Soviet Union very seriously. Um, the idea that uh, that uh, uh, the Soviet Union was a degenerate workers' state, um, uh, that the revolution had been betrayed, um, is absolutely central to Animal Farm, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah. Uh, in uh, uh, 1984, um, Goldstein um, is to a certain extent obviously based on Trotsky although the analysis in uh, Goldstein's book um, of The Theory of Oligarchical collectivism, collectivism I think it's called yeah. this is Theory quite, and Practice of Oligarchical oh, well, There we go, I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> quoting from memory but it's actually um, far more based on the writings of um, an American former Trotskyist, James Burnham, mm-hmm. uh, The Managerial Revolution um, uh, his most uh, uh, famous book um, with whom Orwell, I wouldn't say he was obsessed, but uh, 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 who Orwell read very, very thoroughly and obviously plays a massive role in uh, developing Orwell's ideas about the nature of Soviet communism, uh, which is not to say that he was uncritical, he was anything but. Um, so there's, there's very definitely you know, Trotskyist uh, influences on Orwell's thinking, if you know, one step or t- several steps are uh, removed. Um, it would be wrong, however, to describe him as a Trotskyist, mm-hmm. and uh, he he never he never, as far as I'm aware, um, uh, endorsed um, um, the a, a Trotskyist a, a program. Um, and he was certainly very sceptical about the idea that um, had Trotsky won the mm-hmm. internal battles in the uh, uh, Communist Party of the Soviet Union in the 1920s, um, that things would necessarily have turned out better. Um, so my my feeling is, in in fact, that he's he's he's, he's rather closer uh, in his 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 politics. If we want to look at look at Marxist contemporaries. To Victor Serge um, and various um, um, i suppose libertarian Marxists um, mm-hmm. who m- might have gone through Trotskyism, but came out the other side um, at some point during the 1940s and another very important figure and, I mean Serge um, uh, Borwell um, uh, um, corresponded with and he tried to get his memoirs of a Revolutionist um, um, published in um, the u k. Um, but another a really important figure is Dwight Macdonald, the uh, mm-hmm. the American uh, uh, the American uh, uh, well writer and uh, and uh, critic, who in the uh, in the in the 40s, having been an orthodox Trotskyist in the in the 1930s, in the 1940s moved moved out of Trotskyism uh, into a, a, a more libertarian pacifist position in in, in mcdonald's case uh, but published a journal called politics to which orwell uh, contributed um, and which orwell plugged shamelessly in his tribune columns mm. could
2: you perhaps just outline some of the um, some of the ideas behind the idea of um,
1: libertarian marxism as opposed to marxism um, <laughs> well yes is the answer to that question um the uh, well the the, 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 the the big idea i suppose and we i'm necessarily talking here in a in a, in a, in, a, in, a, in a broad brush terms um, the, the, the the idea behind uh, uh, the, uh, what i'd call libertarian marxism um, would w- would be essentially uh, that um, um, it's it's a it's a it's a marxism that rejects the uh, dictatorship of uh, a political party um, believes in um self-organization of the uh, of uh, of of the workers um, um rather than their direction by um a vanguard um a political party
0: so we're saying all hope lies in the proles essentially <laughs> well all hope lies in the proles yes
1: and i think that that's 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 something that is at the core of um orwell's um beliefs um almost to his dying day although that said um I also think that he becomes very pessimistic uh, in the course of the 1940s about uh, the possibility of the um, of the revolution that he so desired and uh, and which he thought um, was rather likely to take place in uh, in, in 1940. Um, you look at uh, uh, the Lion and the Unicorn, his famous essay mm-hmm. on on uh, um, 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 British politics at the start of the, uh, at the start of the Second World War um was um, one author uh, John Newsinger who's described the position in that as revolutionary patriotism it's a very very accurate accurate uh, description of uh, of uh, all Wales politics at the time now mm. by 1945 um, he's no longer got the the faith that this is going to happen And although my suspicion is that he would rather like it to have happened, um, he's pretty much, you know, sort of an orthodox Labour Party uh, supporter. He uh, um, uh, goes out canvassing for Labour in the 1945 uh, uh, general election. And between um, uh, 1945 and, um, well, his last political writings, he's broadly supportive of the Labour government although, um, <clears throat> although yeah, he's also critical he doesn't feel that it's moving fast enough um, and uh, he's also very critical of, uh, of uh, its um, rather well how shall we put it it's not concerned with with uh, civil liberties mm-hmm. um, uh, in the way that it ought to be so um, he allies himself with um, um, anarchists on questions of free speech and, and, mm-hmm. and uh, so forth.
0: Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, Paul, we've been talking about um, Orwell and Orwell's work in Tribune, and, but obviously most people will know him from, um, particularly from 1984 and Animal Farm. And we have a tendency, with those two books, but maybe more broadly is, again... To view Orwell as, to use a horrible, horrible phrase, a secular prophet uh, who was predicting all these things, and you, we always say, you know, the phrase Orwellian has slipped into usage. Do you think Orwell himself was, had any notion of writing for the future, or was he really stuck in his own specific time and place?
1: Well, I think there's obviously an element of of a, a, a prediction, or at least, um, well, guesswork about the future. In 1984. I mean, it it is about a future, in a sense. Um, It wouldn't, I don't think, have been called 1984 if that hadn't been, uh, uh, hadn't been the case. However, my own feeling is that it's best to look at 1984 much more as. Uh, a satire on uh, the contemporary world, in particular, mm, sure. a satire on on totalitarianism. Um, but and, it's
2: even even more yeah. obviously about Soviet, even absolutely. more so
1: than Nazism. Isn't absolutely, it? Yeah. absolutely, with uh, with with the focus. Particularly on uh, on uh, um, Stalin's Russia, which incidentally he had never visited. <laughs> um, but uh, and, uh, and and obviously, Animal Farm is uh, is it, it's an, an allegorical tale sure. about uh, uh, about the Russian Revolution. Although obviously, again, it has wider implications um, mm. about it's about revolutions in general, in a sense as well. Um, What's interesting here is that that, uh, Orwell, in the Tribune columns, is extraordinarily sceptical about any sort of uh, uh, political um, prediction. Um, he's uh, uh, constantly uh, ribbing uh, so-called experts for having got things terribly wrong in the previous uh, uh, four or five years. Um, he also is amazingly honest about when he's got things uh, uh, got yeah. things wrong, and he laughs at himself for having been so stupid as to think you know, um, that uh, you know, revolution was on the cards in 1940 or or whatever. Um, there's even uh, one column um um that uh, goes under the uh, that the, the went under the headline old george's almanac um <laughs> which is a a, a a sort of semi-serious attempt to predict the year ahead for the new year uh, issue i think of i think it's the new year new year issue of 1947 i could be wrong about that it might be 1946 um but um so so in, in a sense I find it very difficult to, to, to read 1984 as a, a book about um, where things are going. It's much more, I think, a contemporary satire that uses um, um, an imaginary future world as a means of commenting on the here and the now. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's not to say that I'm necessarily right. That's, a, that's mm. an interpretation.
2: Well, Padre has just described Orwell um, or described other people describing Orwell as a, as a, um, as a secular prophet and that's that's a, a good humanist way of describing what I, I mentioned to him earlier as, as Orwell being the, the patron saint of the left which obviously is a description he wouldn't have liked himself um, and his, his writings and his ideas are often fought over by the left by people of various strands of the left and there's... there's, there's there's arguments that go on about, you know, where, where he stood on issues. But I've, I've also read people on the right trying to claim Orwell for their own as well. And I wonder if, what, what do you think of this? Is there, is there an ambiguity in Orwell's writing that, that could allow for this, or is it just wishful thinking, do you think?
1: Well, I think there is an ambiguity in uh, uh, Orwell's writing, and there are certain things that he has to say that, um, that uh, are undoubtedly attractive to to certain tendencies on the on the right. Um, I don't particularly object to um, anybody um, p- appropriating whatever they want of, of, uh, of any writer uh, for their own purposes. I think this is one of the things that happens in life. But or- Orwell
2: seems particular. This happens to Orwell particularly, I think, more than more than more than most writers.
1: That's, I, I I agree with you there. I think that's absolutely absolutely true. I think I, my my own feeling is that what's important in a sense is that historically there is no way in which he was uh, a man of the right. Um, 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 through, through through throughout his his well I suppose it's it's throughout his life as a writer, um, which is essentially all we really know about. Um, he's he's very definitely of the left and. It, it shows in terms of his, in, in terms of well, in terms of everything that he, everything that he says, everything, all, all of the, all of his political affiliations, and so forth. Um, so, I think that the attempt of the right to appropriate Orwell uh, to claim that he wasn't really a left winger or whatever is utter nonsense. But at the same time, there are certainly. Elements in um, Orwell's uh, um, thinking that are very attractive to um, to uh, uh, right wing libertarians um, and to uh, very mainstream liberals.
2: And there's, um, there's also his background. He was an old mm. Etonian. He was in the colonial service in yeah, Burma.
1: Yeah. But also a lifelong anti imperialist. Mm-hmm. So, um, or again, uh, 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 going back to his first known writings on uh, on uh, uh, um, on imperialism. Mm. So. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I, I don't, I don't think it's, it's worth having a, a gigantic scrap over, uh, um, the, in, over the Orwell inheritance, if mm-hmm. you like. Um, but I do think it's important, to, um, um, to, well, establish where he was actually coming from and where he saw himself. Historically, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, it's incontrovertible that that he is, a, he is a figure of the left.
0: I've, I've always felt, I mean, that this, there is, I mean, and something that may be appealing to, well, well, English conservatives at the very least, is there's, despite his internationalism, uh, there's quite a sense of Englishness about his writing, and particularly maybe, I mean, it pops up always, but I remember the first time I read Coming Up For Air, and I, actually, I was quite a bit younger, and I actually stopped after, all because I found it so terribly English. And I can I could see how that didn't square with the kind of language of international socialism for me at all. This kind of nostalgia for bread, beer, and bacon didn't quite. And fit. there's
2: also the famous way where he's, he's he's dismissive of the you know, sandal-wearing vegetarians and that sort of side <laughs> of the left as well.
1: Yeah, I mean he's, he's 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 he he argues that there are certain things. Well, beer, beer, bacon, and uh, um, 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 well what have you, um, that uh, are beyond politics. And uh, uh, frankly, um, there is no shame in uh, being proud of these particular peculiar um, um, English traditions. Uh, However, there are other things about uh, England that he detests. So, you know, the empire, Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, um, well... The Tories <laughs> and uh, uh, you know uh, the the, the uh, uh, I, 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 all, all all sorts of I, it's difficult to know where to where to where to start and where to stop. Um, he's in he's in no sense someone that that embraces everything about England. Mm-hmm. He's somebody who likes certain things about it. Um, I'm absolutely at ease with that, and mm-hmm. I don't really see that there's a major problem with it. Um, although. I do see how it could, uh, it could, uh, jar with anybody who, you know, Doesn't feel the same way, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. but um, uh, yeah, this is. I mean, this this one will run and run um, because there's undoubtedly. I mean, it's it's there in the uh, in the uh, uh, Tribune uh, uh, columns as well when he's writing for um, um, a consciously uh, left-wing readership. um, The glorification of the of the uh, of the English Spring of uh, of uh, um, the peculiar wildlife um, uh, to be found. In, in on you know, in these aisles and and so forth absolutely uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's there it's it's a current all the way through well let's um,
2: let's go back and talk about some of the some of the the actual writing that, that's going to be appear in the book and he talked about some of the themes that or- Orwell was keen on back in the 40s and one of the ones that I stood out for me when you mentioned it was the slipperiness of political language and um Podrick's already used the term earlier in the interview orwellian which has become Something of a cliche, really, to describe sort of almost like dystopic dystopian futures. And um, the idea of Newspeak, obviously, from the um, from from 1984, he was obviously very concerned about that in 1984. And 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 we do see this sort of thing happening. So in in that one instance, perhaps he was he was something of a prophet.
1: Well, yes, certainly. I mean, I think that the the uh, the concern with the English language. Politics and the English language, very famous essay. Not one that appeared in a, a Tribune, although the themes of it mm-hmm. um, recur. Um, the, um, the, 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 again, this comes back to the experience of, of, uh, of uh, Spain, and uh, the particular bugbear, if you like, is is the uh, is the use of uh, jargon by uh, by marxist uh, mm-hmm. um, parties particularly mm-hmm. um the uh, uh, the um communist party um and one of the tribune pieces um um is a, a rather funny but excoriating uh, assault on um um on, 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 on some uh, uh, communist uh, tract that has obviously been translated from rather literally from the uh, Russian with which is full of uh, lackeys of uh, of uh, imperialism and uh, running dogs of this that and the other but that that cliche political language um I think again, you, you do need to situate it very much in its in its uh, in, in its time. I mean, there are obviously um, um, people running around doing very much the same thing in the cause of militant Islam um, or in the causes of, of militant leftism of one kind and another uh, um, uh, today. Uh, but all well. So, I mean, so, so yes, it's a timeless it's a timeless concern, or it's a concern of you know, the, the the 20th, 21st mm-hmm. centuries. Um, but I, I, I do think it's important to situate it, particularly um, in the uh, quite extraordinary excesses of uh, of uh, a Stalinist uh, uh, political language of the of the 30s and 40s, mm-hmm. which um, I don't know. I've ended up reading rather more of it than is you know, good for the uh, uh, good for the sanity. Um, um, but it is it, 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 it is really really quite extraordinary in in, 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 in its excess and. Um, Um, Well, what Orwell has to say about it is very, very um, 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 It's absolutely pertinent And uh, uh, in a sense, bizarre That, um, well, lots of other people weren't saying the same Mm. thing
0: Um, Do you think, I mean, that that kind of dislike of jargon Ties into what I sometimes feel with Is an actual dislike of ideology And I I was reading The um, the Lost Orwell Which is um, Peter Davison's um, new collection Or recent collection and there's one very funny letter from Eileen, his wife, to her friend Nora, in which she mentions that um, they bought a dog and called it Marx to remind them that neither of them actually read much Marx. You sometimes get this idea that he wasn't really particularly enthusiastic about really solid ideology. He preferred the vagueness in some sense. Do you think that's true?
1: I'm not sure about preferring vagueness. I think uh, the the uh, uh, the thing that, uh, that he objects to um, is... Uh, uh, um, well, it's it's construction of, of 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 models of how the world works mm-hmm. um, uh, a priori um, um, that can't be questioned um, um, yeah. from 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 within. Um, I suppose it's the totalitarian mindset. I don't think that that's necessarily anti-ideological as such. Um, it's uh, it's it's much more um, a skepticism about closed systems of uh, of uh, thought, um, a commitment to um, empiricism, um, to mm-hmm. the facts,
0: yeah.
1: um, which you know, I mean, in, in, in certain respects, terribly English and uh, all the rest of it, but also something that, uh, well, um, as a journalist, I I uh, uh, admire greatly. Um, but uh, he's not hostile to ideology in the sense of uh, being um, uh, against uh, socialism, um, mm. let's say, um, um, or democracy, um, yeah. or um, um, uh, yeah. So, so in terms of in terms of, of values, um, you know, I think he's uh, I think that he's, he's 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 open to he's open to ideas. He dislikes. The the closed mindset that goes with um, orthodox Marxism, um, um, let's say, or with uh, with uh, fascism, um, or with um, um, ideological commitment to um, the free market. Um, mm. So you know, he's uh, uh, he's got very little time for for Hayek, um, mm. for example. Although he admits that uh, or accepts that Hayek's uh, critique. Of 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 socialism has a certain um, a, a certain validity to it. Um, mm. I mean, he's it, it, there's something of a magpie in him, but I think that the fundamental I think the fundamental um, the fundamental well democratic socialism is there pretty much yeah. through you know through his uh, uh, through his through his writing life. Just um,
2: something i wanted to, I wanted to ask about is perhaps a sort of an Orwell controversy and um, It was alluded to in a speech given by um, the honourable member for Bethnal Green and bow George Galloway that um, Orwell might have been working for British intelligence at one point, and this <laughs> alludes to um, a letter sent to his friend Celia Cohen. Would you like to uh, to explain well, this?
1: The, this 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 one has been going for a rather a long time now the, the Question as to whether or not Orwell was working for British intelligence. This, this one has been rumoured for ages and ages. Um, now, all there is is circumstantial uh, um, um, evidence that frankly doesn't add up to a great deal. Um, we also need to look at the circumstances in which you know, he is alleged to have worked for a, a British intelligence. And it's not actually related to um, the Celia Kerwin uh, um, incident. It's actually earlier when he goes over to, to uh, uh, um, uh, Europe um, as a, a correspondent for The Observer, uh, where he stays in a hotel um, that was well, essentially used by British intelligence and he meets various people who are working for British intelligence. Now, um, Okay. Remember, however, that um, we are talking about total war at this point, and working for British intelligence is something that I think I would have been rather proud to have done. Um, um, yeah, you know, and uh, not something I think that uh, that anyone would have ended up associating with. Uh, um, um skullduggery or um, 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 uh, you know acting in, a, in in some way that is a betrayal of, of leftist principle. So that's the that's the uh, that's the British intelligence connection there. Now the Celia Kirwan um, um, story what happened was this. Orwell um, with Julian Simons, who's a friend, um, another um, journalist and uh, uh, critic, um, and a great Thriller writer, um, but that's not the story. Um, had a uh, uh, they were they were basically they were they were spotting Stalinist apologists um, as a kind of as a sort of game that they were playing, you know, sort of over a pint or or whatever. And Orwell kept a note of the of the of the of the, of the, of the people that he thought were pushing a pro-Soviet line. Yeah, for his own. Amusement and use. Time-wise, here this would have been about 40. We're talking 46, 47. Yeah. yeah. So it's the 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 point at which um, the Cold War is beginning to uh, mm. uh, beginning to kick in. At least as, as far as I'm aware, I don't think it, it dates to anything that, that yeah. any, any earlier than that. So it's the Cold War's beginning to kick in, and uh, Orwell is thinking, right, okay, who is it that's you know sort of plugging the uh, the, the 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 Soviet line? and yeah, that's this, this long list that um, um, yeah, he, he kept at uh, home and was not intended for publication or anything like that now subsequently what happens uh, is that the, uh, uh, the Labour government decides to, uh, in the face of this uh, Soviet propaganda um, uh, blitz, um, to set up a, a unit in the Foreign Office, uh, the Information Research Department, uh, that was essentially going to end up putting out uh, propaganda for well, democracy and democratic socialism, broadly speaking. And one of the people that it hired was Celia Kerwin. Um, um, who was, well, um, um, a, a, a good friend of uh, of uh, uh, Orwell um, um, and possibly a former girlfriend. Um, c- certainly, it appears that he made a pass at her, but he <laughs> made a pass at quite a few people. Um, anyway, that's as uh, Asmany. Uh, anyway, she asks him for advice... On who should not be asked to write for this um, foreign office propaganda outfit. And he supplies this list of names that is culled, well it's basically taken from his own notebook. And that's what has uh, uh, appeared in the recent, uh, 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 the last couple of of years. The Guardian published it and then Peter Davison's um, latest uh, um, um, uh, volume. Uh, prints it uh, in in full um, again. Um, <clears throat> now the point of this is, well, it's not a blacklist. It's um, a list of people that if you want to uh, produce, um, you know, anti-Soviet propaganda, you don't ask. <laughs> and it seems to me that uh, that is that's no crime. I think, well, I don't know. It's the it's the so- sort of thing that. That journalists do informally all the time. Mm. You know, if we want someone to write something or other, um, then do we want to get uh, uh, X or Y? I'm not going to get into names, um, and the response would be no way. He's you know sort of a, a, a central committee member of the mm. uh, Communist Party of Britain. Um, you know you know what he's going to say, um, and uh, that's the way that uh, commissioning takes place now okay this is slightly more formal than that but frankly um frankly big deal I mean I I don't I, it certainly doesn't show that he was he was a he was a narc
0: but or, people such uh, as Scott Lucas and more recently <laughs> Galloway have have made this into Orwell's massive betrayal I mean you you, you debated Scott Lucas quite virulently
1: hmm, indeed well indeed. I think they're wrong and uh, I don't think that there's any evidence to uh, uh, to support their uh, uh, to support their thesis and um, it's it's part of essentially <clears throat> It's part of a, It's part of a, It's part of an. It's part of an attempt by people who are well either explicitly or implicitly uh, um, um, well sympathetic to or actually Stalinist um, to <clears throat> to uh, justify their own uh, um, um, uh, politics. It's got nothing whatsoever to do with uh, with uh, Orwell's uh, uh, um, um, what well, the reality of Orwell's life. Um, although, of course, he was a militant anti-Stalinist, which I um, don't like.
2: <laughs> so, um, we're sort of running out of time, but if you tell us, when, when is the book actually coming out?
1: Well, it's coming out next month, um, and, um, yeah, um, I think the, uh, the date we're looking at is the 25th of September, mm-hmm. um, so end of the month, and um, it will be available from all good bookshops.
2: And it's published by Politico. Politico,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. an imprint of uh, Methwin. With a foreword by Michael Foot. Yep, that's right,
2: and you write a you write a really good blog. So what can you give us the um, the blog address?
1: I've completely forgotten it. It's uh, <laughs> it's um, uh, just a uh, uh, Google gauche G A U C H E and it comes up.
0: Awesome. com. Thank you. <laughs> Hey, and um, (laughs) our
2: our website is www.littleatoms.com, where you'll be able to download this interview in a few days. So we should just thank Paul for um, thank you very much for coming on Little Atoms, Paul. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you.